I'm shook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Holly Shook Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful, amazing, passionate Armin. Hello, Armin. How are you? I'm great, Ryan. I miss those intros. I forgot all about them. Yeah, I'm... I feel like we're awakening from the dead right now. Um, finally back where we belong on the mics, you know, just talking and gossiping and just having a grand old time. I've missed this. I, I will say from like a pre-podcast standpoint, like it was pretty seamless. We'll see how the podcast goes. I don't know. It could be a shit show. Yeah. But the setup, the lead up to it, it, it went, you know, per usual. It went... As mm-hmm. it typically goes, you know, we did our little mic tests and it mm-hmm. was flawless. Yeah. Sound seems great. We did our little outlines for the shows because we prepare a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Very little preparation. Um, <laughs> let's, not, let's just not forget, we day of pushed our recording back an hour, which we almost always do. Again, say, flawless. Let's record at this time. And then when the time approaches, we go, want to push it back? And we both po- both push it back. And then... Just to cherry on top it, we had technical difficulties where your FaceTime, our FaceTimes weren't connecting, and we had to call about 10 times before we figured it out. So honestly, it's all going just as it's always gone, which is a good sign in my opinion. Oh yeah, that's the routine right there. Technical issues, delaying the scheduled time of recording, very minimal planning. I'm sure you especially are going to get at least a date or two wrong. At minimum. A name or two wrong? Definitely a name. Maybe even a, a time. Name and a date. Um, and it's just truly an honor to be back doing this hot fucking mess with you. Um, thank you to everyone who was patient with us during this hiatus. We've had, we've had kind of a crazy couple of months. That's why it's been hard to get together. I've been traveling. I traveled a lot in January. Um seasonal depression hit really hard. I didn't see the sun for about two weeks here in Chicago. That was good. That was fun. I Not as birth- bad as that vortex thing from last year, though. Oh, the polar vortex. I honestly missed the polar vortex. That was so fun. We didn't we didn't have to leave the house for two days, but like you were allowed not to without feeling bad, you know? I think if anybody took advantage of it, it was you and Dallas because you did that whole... What was it like the the boiling hot water challenge? We did the boiling hot water challenge where you threw it into the air and it turned to snow. Um, we like made mimosas. I took like five naps. It was really nice. Um, so you'd rather have a polar vortex than whatever that was for two weeks, just like no sun. Yeah, because it was still sunny. It was just cold during the polar vortex. We had like two full weeks of like just gray skies here. And that was like everyone was sad. Um, but now we're back on our bullshit and we actually famously have seen each other though recently. Famously. Uh, Famously. Everyone's talking about it. Um, so I went back to the Bay area where I'm famously from and for a wedding and Armin was there with Camille and I said, you know what? Fuck it. Come to the wedding. Well, the after party, um, and lo and behold, 20 minutes later, who's there but Armin and Camille? We crashed. You did crash. Um, but not for long. long. <laughs> it didn't last long. Um, 
So for some, just this is just a quick personal catch-up moment, you guys. We'll get to the drama soon, don't worry. If you know my family, which none of you do, um, you know that we are Irish Catholic. We like to drink. <laughs> and so for some reason, my aunt and uncle thought that an open bar wedding reception from 6 p.m. to midnight was a good idea. Great idea. That six hours of drinking. There was some mishaps. There was some stuff that happened. And by 10 p.m., the venue shut us down. We had to leave two hours early. And unfortunately, Armin got there at like nine. <laughs> so we only really, I think you got one free drink out of it. Um, and then we were sent on our way. Yeah, it was lights on and get the fuck out by the venue. Yeah, it was, they were not, they were not fucking around with us anymore. No, not pleased at all. So when I arrive, I'll tell it from my vantage point. When I arrive, everyone is already a little bit on edge. Then you and Dallas come out and you two are like, so we're banned from the downstairs bar mm-hmm. because the wedding after party was happening all upstairs, mm-hmm. but upstairs it was wine and beer only. So everyone was coming, apparently, this is the story I heard, <laughs> everyone was coming downstairs for hard alcohol. There was apparently some sort of commotion and you all got banned. Yeah. We were not, they, they knew who was part of the wedding and they would like, they like had like security, like being like, you can't go to this bar. Like you can't drink hard alcohol. <laughs> so I arrive with Camille, their band and Ryan and Dallas are like, uh, will you get me a vodka soda? <laughs> and throw it downstairs bar. So here's the like, great part though. you yet. Okay. So go in like 10, <laughs> like five minutes behind us and then go to the bar. They won't think that you're anybody but normal customers. <laughs> But also order four drinks. Yeah, we didn't even have a catch-up. It was like, oh, haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, Haven't done Holly Chicken in a long time. Get me a vodka soda. Yeah. (laughs) So I go to the bar, and the first thing the bartender asks is, are you a part of the wedding? (laughs) Which is great. And since I know the story, I say, no, I I don't. Is there a wedding? And he's like, yeah, uh... They were uh, at the bar, and they were pushing and shoving and being rude and obnoxious, and uh, they were just causing such a scene that we had to ban them. (laughs) That's my family and family friends. (laughs) So, you know, Camille and I, we each ordered two drinks, you know, one for ourselves and one for Ryan and Dallas. And then we uh, head upstairs, and we know at that point we can't go back down. Yeah, I see the bartender You're- watching me go upstairs, and I'm like, "Yeah, that bridge is burned." This is like a very fancy like restaurant right underneath the Bay Bridge in San Francisco. Um, I don't know, I don't know why my family thought that was appropriate for us, but you know, we got kicked out. We ended up the four of us um, ended up just bouncing around San Francisco, having a grand old time, um, and. I had to text you and Camille the next day saying, I don't know if I said bye to you. I don't remember <laughs> the end of the night, but it was so fun seeing you. <laughs> the best nights are always when you wake up the next day and go, did we say bye to everyone? Literally no idea. I was like, I don't know if there's drama, but anyway, loved seeing you. <laughs> there was drama, none between us, but there was drama, obviously. There was. Of course, there's always drama. Um, so yeah, that's our excuse as why we have not recorded because we were busy being drunk in San Francisco. And now we're back to our regularly scheduled program. By the way, Rai, you know how we've always joked how one day 
we'd have to do like a Holly Shook scandal on our own mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. That's the first one right there. Scandal number one in the books. Banned from wedding, fancy wedding venues in San Francisco. And it's perfect for this episode because uh, this is one of those episodes where we talk current events. Great. In Celebrity Scandal. Boom. There you go. That was a current event. That just happened a few weeks ago. With celebrities. Us. <laughs> um, As you said, we famously met up in San Francisco. It was famous. Um, well, I say enough about us and let's get to the real stars. Um, Should I start? Yeah, you start. Okay. I'll start. I've been talking a lot, I feel. <laughs> I'm like amped up on caffeine right now, just like ready to go. <laughs> All right. I thought this was a fun story. It's not like a big scandal or anything, um, but but it's interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess it's up for the listener to decide. Yeah, they're like snooze fast, but I think it's funny. <laughs> okay. I saw this on page six. Sophie Turner apparently thought that Joe Jonas was a dick before meeting him. And this is one of my favorite things is when they censor out the curse word mm. so the headline yeah. is actually d dash k d dash <laughs> sophie turner thought joe jonas was a duck before meeting him <laughs> yeah so how many I... words can that be duck yeah duck dick duke no uh, no yeah i think <laughs> it's just duck or deck yeah that also shows probably the very uh limited vocabulary that we both have yeah, there's probably like 400 words that have a D and a K, but I'm like, that's it. <laughs> but it does have to have a D as the first letter, a K as the last letter. Yeah. If you dork! Think of it, dork! Oh, a dork! Dork! That's probably oh what it was, God. actually. Wait, what if that's what it was? That could have been it. And obviously, that's a word that's censored because it's such a bad word. It's vulgar. Bad. Yeah. Oh my you gosh. don't call anyone a dork. The, now the story makes a totally has a totally different turn. It, yeah. And tone. It. And tone. This is funny now. This is fun. Yeah, it's less intense. If you think someone's a dork, it's a little more cutesy, right? Totally cutesy. And especially since her first quote was, we hated the Jonas Brothers. As people do. She hated dorks, I guess. She just doesn't like dorks. I mean, I don't really like dorks. I know I am a dork. What am I saying? You're such a dork. (laughs) I hate when, like, girls in middle school would be like you're a dork as like flirting not to me obviously but (laughs) like the cool the cool guys that's a funny observation because you're absolutely right for whatever reason in middle school and high school dork was a way to indicate that you have a crush on someone without explicitly saying you have a crush right literally like dork was like he's like such a dork he's so dorky and it's like you're obviously you obviously like him. You're totally in love. Don't he's a dork. <laughs> I like still do that. Fuck my life. Dork is basically like a synonym for oh he's kind of like cute and a little bit like quirky, goofy. Yeah. Like I see like a six foot two hot guy like muscles like just like totally gorgeous but he's wearing glasses and I'm like he's like a dork. <laughs> No, you know who you say that about literally? Hmm. Sean Mendez. You're like, oh, Sean Mendez, he's such a dork. Look at the way he interacts with Camilla Cabello. He's such a dork. I don't say that about him. You do. You do. It's I've true. I've never said that. You've 100% said that. No, I always say he's hot. And a dork. Like a hot dork. 
I love hot dorks. <laughs> okay, speaking of hot dorks, Joe Jonas. Oh, yeah. So, Sophie Turner thought Joe Jonas was a dork or a dick. Or a duck. We're, or a duck. We're unsure. Before meeting him. All right. She revealed this to Elle magazine, according to page six. Apparently, the impetus for this feeling was that Sophie Turner and her friends blamed the Jonas Brothers for the breakup of Busted, which is a UK band that they loved. Do you know Busted? No. I am totally unfamiliar with Busted. Yeah. Well, they broke up, so they're probably not that good. True. Good point. Well, a lot of great bands actually have broken up. No, if you broke broke up, you're not a good band. That's the rules. <laughs> uh, you know who just recently broke up? Public Enemy. I don't know who that is. Okay, we're not going to address that. They they are a good group. Can't be that good. They didn't last. True. Yeah. Just like uh, the Beatles, terrible group. They broke up. No, Spice Girls, bad. Horrible. I don't even know if they broke up. No, they did. Eh. Did they? Okay. I feel like they I just know. stopped. They just kind of stopped, yeah. Yeah. Also, the Jonas Brothers have broken up as a band, so. Terrible. They're bad. Now they're back. They're just bad. So, Sophie Turner said that she hated them. She hated the Jonas Brothers, which includes Joe Jonas, because of the fact that they somehow, some way, were responsible for the breakup of Busted, right? Right. Apparently, before their first date, she uh, took a bunch of her own guy friends because for whatever reason she was worried that Joe Jonas would turn up with like bodyguards or that even maybe the meetup wasn't even real. So this is the quote. I expected Joe to show up with security and everything. I thought he would be such a dork dick duck. Yeah. I took all my guy friends with me to meet him because in the back of my mind I was worried he could be a catfish or I don't know what. I just wanted my guy friends with me. Okay. She would go on to say, I had my rugby boys, I was safe. But in the end, they ended up talking for hours, and they were inseparable. They just fell in love right there. And as we know, I mean, they would go on to get married, and now she's having a baby. She is? Yeah. Wait, did you not know that? No. (laughs) Okay, that that was for the bit. (laughs) Oh, no. I literally didn't know that. Yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah. I don't know things. I get all my celebrity news from my own podcast, so... (laughs) That's true. I do the preparation, and then no. you just learn about everything. Yeah, I sh- I'm basically a freaking listener at this point. I don't know what I thought. <laughs> By uh, the way, I feel like I never prefaced this. We usually, you know, kind of run through a biography, a mini one. But Sophie Turner, one of the stars of Game of Thrones, she was Sansa Stark, Joe Jonas. Um, he was in some group called the Jonas Brothers, which apparently they broke up. Yeah. But they're back together? They are back together. Okay. Well, um, there you go. Well, good for them. I'm glad they have such a great origin story. Um, speaking of catfishing, <laughs> no, but for real. <laughs> um, okay, so this is my story that I bring to the table because I only know like two topics. It's like pop music and gay. Um, so if you are a gay listening to this, welcome. <laughs> I feel like our main demographic is like, moms but um <laughs> uh, the mom demographic is strong with us that's love, our brand and we love that but um if you are a gay or you do watch rupaul's drag race you have been probably hearing a lot of drama right now um about a contestant who is on the new season of rupaul's drag race that premiered last week 
The second episode comes out tonight, um, which is Friday, March 6th. And um, By the way, Rye, can I preface this segment? Sure. I have no idea what's coming. Yeah, I didn't tell Armin about this because I just said, just leave it to me, you straight. <laughs> That's exactly how you put it. Yeah. And I want to pull the curtain a little bit. Oh, my God. We usually share our notes in a Google Doc. Yeah. On Google Drive. BTS for you guys. That's some BTS. But your notes are not on the Google Doc, so I can't see what you're about to say. I have no idea what you're about to say. Well, it's funny that you thought I took notes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, No, but I have, I've read, I've been following the story since it broke yesterday, and I've been like reading all the updates. So I actually have like prepared, but I'm just like, I don't write it down. It's all from the memory. It's from the memes. Um, so basically, just a little background on this drama. So the new season came out last week, and one of the contestants, the drag queen's name is Sherry Pie. Um, his regular ma- man name is Joey Googly Mem Googly No, his name's Joey, and this is why was- we take notes. Normally. Well, I have the name here, but it's literally spelled Goog, Googly, Googly Memly. Googly Memly. And it's just hard to say. <laughs> um, and anyway, so someone posted on Facebook um, last week. He's an actor. His name's Ben something. Ben Shimkus. He posted a whole Facebook status basically being like, I used to work with the person who's Sherry Pie. And they connected me with a casting director in New York about um, wanting to cast me in a upcoming production. And the person who was the casting director's name was Allison Mossy. So she gave Sherry Pie gave Ben a email to contact the casting director named Allison Mossy. They communicated for months about um, casting. They said we'll be paying you this much a month or this much a week. We'll pay for your housing in New York, blah, blah, blah. So months of communication, emails back and forth included answering questions about, so the role was like semi-sexual. So they were like, would you like, how would you feel about ripping your clothes off and like smelling your own armpit and like (laughs) weird, like sexual questions and then recording videos of him, like, talking about like sexual acts and stuff like that, like taking his shirt off for a scene all because this Allison Mossy person was telling him to do this. So it turns out after months of all this communication, he just stops hearing from this person, Allison Mossy. So after a week or two of not hearing anything, he calls the play house that was supposed to be casting him and says, hey, is Allison there? I've, I haven't heard from her in a couple of weeks. And the Playhouse goes, nobody by that name works here. And he's like, okay, well, I've been emailing about your upcoming production. They go, we're not doing that production. And also that person doesn't work here. So it turns out that Joey, a.k.a. Sherry Pie, was catfishing the whole time as Allison Mossy to <laughs> attain sexually suggestive videos of... This guy. Wait, the guy had to send in videos of himself doing those things? Yeah, so like actors, anyone who's an actor will know you 
send in like self tapes of you reading scenes oh. to casting directors rather than going in in person. Like say if you're from a different city or whatever. Um, so it was like, we need you a, a self tape of you doing this scene. We need a self tape of you doing this. Um, and it was all kind of like weirdly sexual. Um, oh my God. But it was all just being sent to this drag queen and then just cut off communication. So obviously that is fucking weird to do <laughs> to say the least so he posted this status on facebook last week because he was like i've never really told anyone about this but now knowing that i mean rupaul's drag race is huge it turns these people into celebrities um he was like knowing that he's gonna this person's gonna kind of have a huge platform and more access to people i want to make sure that he doesn't do this to other people that was his reason for sharing it now. Right, because that's sort of predatory behavior. Right. Turns out five more actors, <clears throat> male actors, since Tuesday or whenever when this was posted, have come forward with their own stories about this exact same email address, alisonmossy at gmail.com, that was given to them by this guy who's the drag queen. One of the guy's stories is even more graphic. Oh, it includes no. him actually performing sexual things on tape and it's just really gross so buzzfeed just posted a huge article about it if you guys want to get into more of the details that i don't necessarily feel i need to share on here but it's very disturbing couldn't that be a sex crime i mean the soliciting you know pornographic material online so unfortunately, it's technically not a crime because the actors were willingly doing this. But is it is it consent if you're doing it under false pretenses? I would think so, but I have nothing of that nature has come out yet. In right, we're not legal fucking scholars here. Right. Unfortunately, but that I'm sounds sorry. wrong to me, Rye, because they Absolutely. wanted to send it to Allison Mossy. Yeah, they weren't sending it to Allison Mossy. For yeah. the purposes of attaining an acting gig. Right. Um, and that's, I, I would assume that there has to be something, I mean, obviously morally wrong with it, but maybe like criminally, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, so all these people have come forward with other stories. And finally, um, this morning, or late last night or something, Joey, who's the drag queen, posted on Facebook apologizing, saying, I know I've caused pain to people that I can never undo. But since, because they filmed RuPaul's Drag Race about a year ago, he said, but since um, being on RuPaul's Drag Race, I've learned to take care of my mental health and to start loving myself. And I'm taking this, I'm receiving treatment and taking the steps to better myself. And like, understand that what I did was wrong, like, whatever. So, kind of like a non-apology. Classic non-apology apology. So, his statement was terrible. Um, And then, literally, like, two hours before we started recording this, VH1 um, announced that they will still be showing the season as it was filmed and edited, but that Sherry Pie has been disqualified from being... A potential winner. So, what does that mean? Didn't they already film the season? So they've already filmed the season, and if you're a Drag Race fan, 
Drag Race fans are crazy, and they can, on Reddit, <laughs> download, not download, but they'll investigate. They to, sleuth, and they find out who yeah, won, who didn't they win. They find out who at least gets the top three. And so a lot, of, or top three or top four, a lot of the sleuths hmm. have come to the conclusion that this drag queen, Sherry Pie, ends up being in the finals. No the final. way. And the final yeah. hasn't been filmed yet. So the, yeah, the fi- finale doesn't get filmed until about a week or a week before it's announced. But wow. they know, they usually know who the top four is at the end of filming. So the rumors are that Sherry Pie gets into the top four. But now it's which, going to be a top three. Which will eventually be a top three because she's disqualified from winning. But it's just crazy because if she gets to the top four... We have to watch, and they're not re-editing. We have to watch this person all season, and it just, it feels tainted, and it feels gross, and it feels weird to, like, I'm assuming she'll win challenges, and she'll do really well because she gets to the finals, and it'll just feel gross to, like, watch this person, like, succeed. So that's the drama, and it's kind of, it's obviously being updated as we speak because that was, VH1 finally addressed it this morning, just a couple hours ago. Wow, that's huge. But I think it's the right move. I mean, it's because they already started showing the season, they can't like rush back and re-edit her her out of the season. Oh yeah, no way. I just mean like disqualifying her yeah. from the finale because they yeah. haven't filmed the finale yet. Right. It's essentially the only thing they can do at this point. Um But yeah, that's Well, crazy. they could have just said, "You know what? Deal with it." Well, they could, right. I mean, it's the only. That's why I say right. it's a it's a good move. Yeah, it's a good move for sure. If they just ignored it, it would have been exactly. very bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the drama of Drag Race right now. Wow, that's nuts. I mean, I'm not trying to like thrive off of that because it's very <laughs> disturbing. But I. But you're I thriving. Look at you right now. You're glowing. I love Drag Race drama, and even though it's gross drama, um, it's like really big right now. It's all over like BuzzFeed and shit. So. The premiere was broken up into two weeks. So last week they premiered the first half of the cast. And Sherry Pie was not in last week. So her premiere episode is tonight. Oh, wow. And I can only imagine when she walks in and her first scene, what the reaction at the gay bars is going to be. It's very uncomfortable. I'm sure people will film that and post it on Twitter. Oh, I'm going to be stalking Twitter tonight. That is nuts. Um, I mean, it... Yeah. I mean, her career's over before it started. No one's going to book her on a show now. Oh, yeah. No way. Because usually for drag queens getting on Drag Race, it's like they're set. Like, they get booked on, booked on, booked. Like, they are all over the world performing. But I'm happy that this guy, Ben Shipkiss or Shimkiss or whatever, um, spoke up. Because I think he saved potentially a lot of people from potentially the same thing. So, good for him. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that was a little heavy, but it also is big news, at least to me. And if you guys don't watch Drag Race, then you probably don't care as much. But you should also watch Drag Race. But maybe don't watch this season. (laughs) (laughs) At least not as a first season. Start at old seasons. Uh, Enough of drag queens. They've gotten enough attention. Well, from one reality TV show uh, to another reality TV show. It's a lot of reality TV show news drama yeah um let's talk some uh, vanderpump rules let's and this may be another uh niche story but we both love vanderpump rules 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people listening probably like it too. Yeah. So James Kennedy, who is infamously one of the most volatile and crude members of Vanderpump Rules. To say the least. He has uh, long wanted to become an international famous DJ. He's British. He loves DJing. He has always said he's going to be the next, I don't even know what he says, the next, you know, Tiesto or the next um, Swedish House Mafia or... Well, he calls himself the White Kanye, if that helps kind of set the tone of who he is. Right. (laughs) And yet he's a DJ, not a rapper. Um, But yeah, he does call himself the White Kanye. Mm -hmm. And apparently, according to page six... He has his sights set on Coachella 2021. And this story is just so great. And I'll get yeah. into some of the quotes. Because he has been talking about being on Coachella for like five years now. Right. It's like, <laughs> this isn't news. <laughs> this is the most non-story story. But I love that he told Page Six. This isn't even like the Sophie, Sophie Turner story, which was Page Six relaying information from Elle magazine. Right. He sought out page six to give them some fodder. Because <laughs> it says here, DJ, K- DJ James Kennedy told page six. <laughs> it's just so like, great. Yeah, which like you can literally just like email them to get a quote. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably did. This wasn't like a phone interview or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, I guess, once again, has his sights set on Coachella because Coachella 2020 didn't work out for him just like 19, 18, 17, and 16, and 15 didn't. He has been yeah. on Vanderpump Rules since season three. Technically, season two, he made a brief appearance, but really, season uh-huh. three, they're on season eight now. I didn't realize he was that early. Oh, yeah, Rye. He makes a very brief appearance during the pool photo shoot scene. Oh, in I season love that. two. Really? You know how the whole restaurant does the photo shoot every year? Yes, the pool one was the best one of the year, yeah. Exactly. So he's there for a brief moment, and then during the season two reunion, he's talked about extensively because him and Sandoval were going to be roommates, but then he slept with Kristen. Oh my god, 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 I forgot about that. Yes. So oh yeah. god, that's good. He that is, is early. Good. They treat him like he's a newbie, but he's actually been around for like 80% of the show's history. Oh my god. So since season three, he has talked about wanting to become a DJ and performing at Coachella. So he told page six, quote, This is going to be my year where I work towards that. Okay. Well, uh, no, you have been trying to work towards that every year. End quote. Um, he says Later, uh, I'm going. I'm gonna be basically making a bunch of songs, house music tracks, kind of inspired by the Do Lab at Coachella. It was actually my girlfriend Raquel's idea, and I fell in love with it. I thought it was genius, and it would basically challenge me for the next year. End quote. Um, do you know what the Do Lab is? <laughs> it's like the weird, like house music, like tent at Coachella, right? It's barely even a tent. I don't know if it's changed. I haven't been to Coachella in eight years. Um, oh. Yeah, since You're 2012. OG Coachella girl. <laughs> but basically, they have these tents, right? Massive, massive tents. Like they're yeah. long and narrow, and like thousands of people probably could fit in them. They're huge. Yeah. The Do Lab is like this tiny little, and again, it, it may have changed since 2012, <laughs> but 
<laughs> this is funny to me at least because in 2012 it was like a tiny little dome structure yeah it's like the dome one yeah where maybe 50 people can fit in it like when i say dome don't think of a massive like stadium it's like a little again like dome like structure but it's small i do know i do know that the Dulab is much bigger than it used to be because every year like they book they book up and coming artists that do lab as like a potential big break. I mean, no one ever turned out from it, but I do know it's a little more popular than 2012, but it's still the smallest level of Coachella that you could get. Yeah, I figured they expanded it because I remember in 2012 it being a little more attended than 2011. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like a curiosity because it's just like smack dab in the middle mm-hmm. of like nowhere. Like the tents are so- sort of like aligned in a certain way that makes sense. And then like, that structure is off to the side. Yeah. And I there's think like I, misters in there and like strobe lights. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I did actually go to the Dulab the one year I went to Coachella, um, mostly because it's all indoors. So it's cold and um, it was really hot. And so we just went in there to be cold. And, <laughs> just to get um, misted and stuff. Yeah. And we just like kind of stood in there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what we basically did in the do lab. Like, we didn't even care about what was playing or who was playing. It was just like, oh, let's just walk into that structure. Yeah, it's fully like 3 p.m. And I'm just like, I'm going to pass out, like, seriously. <laughs> and so we just like walked in and like, I think music was playing. Like, I don't really know. I just kind of stood there and was like, oh, this feels good. That's so, why I love that he's he's inspired by the do lab. Yeah. Oh, I would go. I would go see him in the do lab. <laughs> It'd be a cool down, a cool down. And I, I also can imagine DJ James Kennedy being a Coachella attendee purely for the do lab. He just goes in, yeah, straight to the do lab, and he sits there for twelve hours. And that's how he's in, he's inspired by it. Okay, he needs like to just soak in the inspiration of the do lab. But there is one serious element to this story, right? I have to say, there always is. Uh, James Kennedy infamously has dealt with uh, a lot of issues with alcohol. I'm not going to call him an alcoholic. A lot of his, you know, castmates have accused him of alcoholism. He's definitely struggled with his alcohol consumption. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. He has a drinking problem in that when he gets drunk, he becomes hostile and mean and starts drama. Yeah. As in uh, when he drinks, he makes problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For him and everyone else. Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's been sober for nine months. Good for him. Apparently, he just celebrated like the nine-month anniversary. Okay. And uh, he said, quote, I found a new passion for DJing sober, which is actually what was one of my biggest things was, you know, what am I going to feel like when I'm actually performing in front of people? I used to drink a lot before shows, mask all the excitement, mask all the anxiety with booze and whatever and that took a huge stop that yeah i just had to count the months because i know he drank at pride but pride was in june so this would be about nine months from then so it looks like he got sober uh quickly after that well good because he freaking cussed out he cussed out raquel and raquel does not deserve that raquel deserves deserves better i love raquel famously so that's good. I hope that he can stay sober because I actually find him to be entertaining on the show. Deeply um, entertaining. Very entertaining, but 
the past couple seasons have been hard to watch because he was clearly being, he was clearly making mistakes and he was losing a lot of friends and job opportunities and whatever because of his drinking. And I think he has a lot of potential to be good at what he does DJing. He definitely knows how to start a party (laughs) with his music, as they say. Um, So when he's like really dealing with the drama of the drinking, it's hard to watch because it's actually really depressing to watch. And yeah, but other than that, I've I've always found him to be very good TV. So I hope that he can figure it out and stay this way. And then I hope that 2021, I can just go to the Do Lab and see him. <laughs> we'll be keeping tabs on yeah. James Kennedy and his uh, Do Lab pursue. I feel like that's an attainable goal. Yeah, I I not to say like it's easy, but I probably not that hard. <laughs> he does tour the country. He does. He does his birthday party in Chicago. Um, this year, I did not go, <laughs> but he did it here. And he famously, uh, you know, performs at Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants every now and then when when he's not fired. I went, in between being fired every six months, he does a couple gigs there. Um, yeah, so best of luck to James Kentday. <laughs> By the way, do you watch The Bachelor in Paradise or The Bachelorette, Bachelorette? Because apparently he's like teaming up with one of the stars of uh, those shows. No, I absolutely don't do that. <laughs> well, for for our listeners who do watch those shows, he's teaming up with Grant Kemp. I don't know who Grant Kemp is. Yeah, but they are going to become a duo. Sounds like a white nightmare to me, Jesus. <laughs> That could be their DJ group name, White Nightmare. Oh, White Nightmare. Seriously, please. Like, I deserve credit for that because they are terrible. Like, everyone from The Bachelor, I'm like, no. Um, There's, like, people who live here from The Bachelor, and they always come into the restaurant I work at, and I'm like, and girls are always like, me, me. And I'm like, oh, my God, they are mediocre at best. Um. Anyway, speaking of mediocre at best, just kidding. This is, uh, we have... <laughs> That's not even a good transition. It has nothing to do with it. In, in some ways, it could be perceived as a, an offensive transition when we get to the story. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Always got to keep people on their toes. Um, okay, so we have a segment, obviously. that Our our favorite thing to do here at, at Holly Shook is ha- have a segment um, and then only do it for three months and then have a new segment. Right. So our, <laughs> That's so true. Our, our current segment, um, R.I.P. the Holly Shook scale. Oh yeah, um, we got to bring that back. We could. The listeners are like, please don't. <laughs> um, okay, but our current our current segment that actually I've been enjoying is favorite headline of the week. So we choose our favorite headline of the week. If that wasn't clear, and um, wait, is that just, what we do with the favorite headline of the week? We actually choose the favorite headline. We choose our favorite headline of the week. Um, uh, okay. I guess that I guess the segment should be called "We Choose Our Favorite he- Headline of the Week" in this segment. We'll do that next time. That would uh, be more clear. Yeah, just so people aren't confused. I feel like <laughs> we're trying to listen. You know, we're trying to make this easy for the listeners. Um, they have all logged off by now. But anyway, um, our favorite headline of the week. We choose kind of something that's kind of kind of wacky and weird. Just like us, we're just two two dorks doing just a, a couple podcast. of dorks. Just a couple of dorks. Um, so our favorite headline of the week. Let's say it together on three. 
One, two, three. Laura Dern's goldfish dies at 14 years old. All right, that was terrible. <laughs> Never doing a one, two, three again. Um, so Laura Dern's goldfish died, and it was headline news as per everything that Laura Dern does. And um, she posted a picture. The picture on Instagram was actually like very strange. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was like not a good picture. Um, and the caption was. R.I.P. to our amazing goldfish we loved so much. Um, and she posted that on Instagram. And um, a fun fun fact about um, goldfish. The average life, life expectancy of a goldfish in the wild is 41 years. However, in captivity, that number decreases to 10 years. And in an aquarium, or 10 years in an aquarium, or 30 years in a pond. Which is funny, because I had multiple goldfish growing up. They lasted... Two days? Oh, yeah. Everyone I knew who had a goldfish couldn't keep it alive for more than two weeks. Yeah, I won one. I would always win one at the fair randomly. I don't... I We, we were like a fair family for some reason. Um, and we'd always walk home with like 30 goldfish. And I remember one time... Um, one time I named my... Oh, my God. I named my goldfish after my dead grandpa for some reason. Um, and then I thought he had died, the goldfish, not my grandpa, my grandpa had died. Um, by I thought my goldfish was dead cause it kind of was just like chilling. And so I was like, oh, it died. And so then I scooped it out and no. I put it into the, to the toilet. And I, when I pressed flush, it tried to jump out. Right. <laughs> Did it get out? It was. It was fully just sleeping or something. And no, it didn't get out. <laughs> right, so, you I, murdered a goldfish. I flushed my I flushed my dead grandfather's namesake down the toilet. Um by Oh my god. This flies. this took a horrifying turn. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so that's the story. That's my little bit about goldfish. Um I don't think I got one after that anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, that's when it's over. <laughs> yeah, when you killed your live one. But 14 years, that's a long time, damn. I never knew that goldfish in the wild could live that long. I I'm not going to lie, I didn't know that there were wild goldfish. I thought you, you thought they just they lived in aquariums. I literally thought they lived in aquariums or at County fairs. <laughs> like, I've never thought they could live in real what, life. They just, in real life, they, they were all just in pretend life. Yeah. So, what did you think? That they were like genetically mutated by humans in labs to be given at fairs? Or you just didn't even think, think that not, far ahead? I did not think that. <laughs> I don't think I like had like a, I guess I just never thought about it. To me, goldfish is like you own them in your home. I just, like, I don't know, like, cats and dogs mostly are homes. Like, But do you think cats and dogs don't live in the wild? They do, but, you know, it's not, like, it's common. Most goldfish exist in homes or at fairs. But where There's do no- we get goldfish from? We obviously... A pond? I feel like they probably found them in a pond and then brought them to Petco and then... The rest of them just kind of came from that one. Just they're just born out of Petco, basically. <laughs> Pet, 
Petco invented goldfish. You heard they it invented, here first. They invented goldfish. Well, apparently, uh, according to the National Geographic, as you said, the average life expectancy is 41 years. So they could eat, live even longer. Right. So essentially, we're like murdering goldfish at an alarming rate. Even Laura Dern, who did a miracle job raising and caring for her goldfish, who lived well beyond uh, the average time a goldfish lives in captivity, which is 10 years. I mean, four additional years. That's huge. Yeah. That's a 40% uptick. That's the math of it. So Laura Dern did a brilliant job, and yet she still, still decreased the life expectancy of this goldfish, right? Yeah. By by sixty six percent, it lived a third of the life it would have lived. Yeah. So y'all are mad at me for killing my alive fish. Let's channel that anger towards Laura Dern because she's an Oscar winner. She can afford nicer stuff than I can, so she should have had it live longer. Like maybe in a pond. You know, super wealthy people have ponds in their backyard. She probably has a pond. Oh God. I can't with her. She's canceled. Cancel culture, where are you at? Um, my favorite um, element of this story, mm-hmm. which isn't in the story, but it's actually how I discovered the story. Because they used the picture of Laura Dern for the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> so I discovered this story through a viral tweet, right? I think I know which one you're talking about. You know yeah. which one. And um, <laughs> so I think I have to set this up by saying the, tw- the, the photo that Page Six used in its tweets and for the, for the story itself on their website is this photo of Laura Dern at the Academy Awards. Yeah. And her hair is looking super blonde. <laughs> the photo is like beige and yellowish colored. The Academy wall behind her, it's just like it's this very light yellow... So the whole photo just has this like goldish, yellowish hue, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so beautifully chosen. Yeah. For a goldfish story. Art. And someone quote tweeted the story and said something like, Damn, Laura Dern's goldfish looks exactly like Laura Dern. Because <laughs> the caption they use is the headline, like Laura Dern's goldfish dies at 14 years old. <laughs> So and then the, a picture kind of golden Laura Dern. Yeah, so the implication is, oh, that's a photo of her goldfish. There you go. Look at the gold everywhere. It's gold and yellow and, you know, oh, my God. It was such a perfect tweet. I, I did see I tried to find it, but I couldn't find the tweet again. That's the problem with Twitter. You, you can't find it again. I've been using the bookmarks function more often recently. Oh. I know if you like a tweet, then it goes to your likes. So sometimes I do that, but I never remember that, so then I don't do it. But, but I like too many things because I want to give love. Mm. So bookmarks is is where I put the essentials. Mm, okay. Too complicated for this guy. I'm creating um, a Twitter strategy here, Rye. Yeah. Um, that's going to take definitely take off. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, rest in peace to my goldfish, Dennis, and also to Laura Gold's. Laura Goldsternish. <laughs> Laura Goldsternish. Laura Stern's goldfish. Also, did this goldfish have a name? Not gonna lie, didn't read the article. Um, just kind of saw the Instagram post and moved on. And then laughed at the viral tweet later. <laughs> <laughs> Once you, again, great, 
great research done on this podcast. Do you think that Laura Dern chose that terrible photo because that was the only photo she ever took of her goldfish? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't, I feel like people don't really take pictures of their fish that often as much as they do cats and dogs. So she probably had like one saved like from like a Polaroid from like the 1990s. (laughs) Wasn't alive then. Early 2000s. It would have been alive in the 1990s if it had lived in a pond. Okay. Fish aren't born earlier because they live in a pond. The fish would have still been born at the same time. It would just not be dead. How do we know? Because that's... No. I'm not arguing that. That's like (laughs) biology. Um, I'm talking about Laura Dern's previous goldfish. Who also lived 14 years... And then died. How and she then had two goldfish. She had two goldfish. And then that one died. And then she had to get this goldfish, which also lived 14 years. Boom. There you go. That's the story. And I'm sticking to it. That's false. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, you guys, you guys, this has got to end before we go off the deep end um, into the pond. <laughs> also, guys, if you don't ever check out this Instagram post, it's, it's a photo of a biscuit. And the goldfish is like well behind the bis- biscuit, even hidden by the yeah. biscuit and i and my theory is also in addition to this being the only photo she ever took of her goldfish i i actually believe that this photo was a photo of her biscuit not of her goldfish her goldfish just happened to be in the shot yeah i think it's she just cropped a photo of the fish that happened to be in the background and was like this is my fish <laughs> um or it wasn't even her fish and she just found one online i don't know conspiracies abound maybe baby yoda <laughs> Is somewhere involved how in many, this. How many lies are we going to come up with about this stupid story? <laughs> um, okay, we got to go. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for sticking with us in our hiatus. We will never do it to you again. Um, and if you liked our hi- hiatus, then that's annoying. Um, but we had so much fun being back here with you guys. Did you have fun, Armin? I had a great time, Rai. Can't wait to do it soon again. C- cannot wait to do it soon. Um, and we will talk to you guys soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.